Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show's Inside the Ropes, episode 100 and, oh, is it 117? No. 118? You were, you were going so well for so oh, long, Andy. It's just so <laughs> difficult for my brain to keep up. Uh, and why wouldn't it be difficult this week of all weeks, Hazy and Alison Whitaker? Hello to you. Always a pleasure to see you, Andy. Not only is there a heap on the show today, but this has been a jam-packed weekend for Australia uh, in the world of golf. It really has. Um, you sort of... People say, what are you doing in your downtime? It's like, what's that? What's that concept? Because <laughs> there always seems to be something happening. Uh, and this weekend was no exception. A few really big results for Australia. So we'll get to one right off the top in a moment. Hannah Green's caught up with Christina Lance, our great friend, great friend of the pod. So we're going to hear from her. We're going to hear from both sides of the Solheim Cup team. We've got uh, we've got t- two for two for the price of one uh, with the Americans, <laughs> which is uh, if this comes off, I think we're going to get... Uh, Angel Yin, and there's a hint that we might get Lizette Salas with her, and Aza Munez is going to join us as well. So uh, there's a lot to get through there. Rebecca Artis is going to join us a bit later on the some, show some as well. Breaking podcast some news. Breaking maybe. podcast news. Yeah. Uh, Cam Smith, we've caught up with. We'll hear from him as well. But what is it? It's 25 to 1 on Tuesday afternoon local time. So wherever you're listening to this, that just puts a time stamp on this because about Three hours ago, yep. uh, there was some fantastic news on the uh, time-honoured Corn Ferry Tour. <laughs> there, there was. There's a phrase I didn't think I'd sort of hear bandied around too often, but <laughs> absolutely. We, and we, uh, well, I, I shouldn't speak for anyone else. Uh, I thought that our number of graduates up to the PGA Tour for next year had come to a grinding mm-hmm. halt, but it's with great delight that we can tell you that Cam Davis uh, has joined the Aussie ranks on the big tour again next year. So... A phenomenal last round. He was he was one over through six holes today, needing a really low score. And you've got to look at it at that stage on a tough course in Indiana and think, it's not your day, Cam. Well, plenty of people did, but not Cam. And he, he birdied seven, nine, 10, 12, 15, 17, something like that. That's and, awesome. And, and just went nuts to get his card by basically a couple of shots. So he's rolled up to 21st on the 25 list of final series uh, rankings. So... Well done to him. Yep. Joins, he, he. joins Cam Percy and Rian Gibson, his graduates from the Corn Ferry. So well done, Cam. So there's a couple of young fellows who will be looking their wounds a bit, um, particularly um, Curtis Luck, who was looking in pretty good shape there for a while, but the wheels really fell off yeah. at the back end of all of that. So he, he'll he'll have to regroup and come I, again. I was texting with Curtis Luck uh, after his second round, which is, and he only missed the cut by a shot again, Andy, which is for the second mm. week in a row. Yep. It's gut wrenching when you basically only need to make one cut to get the job done. Uh, he was very 
upbeat and just it doesn't really affect my long term career. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So he, he's taken it right on the chin and and you know understands that while it would be nice to be on the PGA Tour, I think the intimation of what he was texting me was it's probably not bad for my development and my learning to have one more go around on the web or the KFT. So we're leading with that because it's fresh. We're not leading with it because it's the biggest story in Australian golf this week. That belongs again to Hannah Green, Al, who has franked the form. I mean, this is, this says a lot about this. It says a lot about any player, I reckon, when they can win a major championship and then come out not long after and win again. This, this puts to bed any, if there had been anyone thinking, oh, you know, a bit of a, a wild outsider wins, and we, you know, it might be a long time since until we see her bob up again. Well, she's put those um, fears to rest. She's a real player. She is, and you know, even when you look at the way she's gone about her golf, she, you know, she led the the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. She went, she led that wire to wire. Mm. She's gone out this week uh, at the Cambia Portland Classic. Um, really tree-lined kind of golf course uh, in very, very good condition and shot 64-63 um, in the first two rounds. And literally, she had a five-shot lead mm. at the halfway stage um, and then ended up, you know, she dropped back a little bit, got a little in her own head with a 73 on, on Saturday and then just showed so much maturity in the final round, playing alongside an 18-year-old Monday qualifier in Yelena No. Um, surely a star of the future. She's already contended on the LPGA after Monday qualifying earlier this season. So um, Greeny, she just went out there and she just literally played her own game. She was steady. Um, and and in particular on those last six holes, I think she saw the opportunity that this girl's young. If I place a little bit of pressure on her and just keep about my own business, then I could kind of force the issue. That's exactly what she did. She made a couple of late birdies and the one on uh, 17 in particular was a total game changer. Oh. They went down the last level pegging when she'd been, I think, two shots behind for the majority of, of the final round, and she got the job done with a pretty, pretty good putt in the in the end. Another one, another good putt, you know, another good putt that was dead dead center, went in at a beautiful holding speed. This doesn't it speak volumes of her ability? You said to put the pressure on, to find another gear under the pump. That says a lot about a player's capacity. Yeah, I just think I've always thought about Hannah, and I've I've known her for a while now, that she has a bit of an old soul. She's quite calm. Um, Yeah, right. She's got maturity beyond her years, and she always has. Um, She was a player that, you know, she'd come out for dinner with us, you know, and we're 10 years older than her, and would hold her own completely in that kind of forum. And, And I think that that's translated nicely onto the golf course. I think she's kind of worked out that she doesn't need her A game to win, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and probably a little scary for the rest of the tour. It's a but nice thing to know about yourself, isn't it? Yeah, and she's also, well, now, I mean, as of uh, as her, her, her first win this year, she's launched herself into um, the second position for the Australian Olympic side as well. So the, the, this has got, you know, pretty big implications for, for Australian golf um, as a whole, but it's just really exciting to see. Pretty formidable, isn't it now? I mean, because Sue, Sue O seems to have found something in recent. She, she's certainly starting Hazy to turn her game around. She's knocking on the door and sticking her nose in the frame. And, you know, we, there's not a week go by where we don't speak about Minji Lee sort of, you know, finishing somewhere near the lead. So th- there's there's a nice little... There's a nice little group at the top of the Australian tree now from as far as the women's game is concerned. Yeah, I think the ceiling on Suo's game is really high. and She's working on bringing the, the, the baseline up mm. to sort of uh, be where we all think she can get. But 
we were talking about Olympic selection yesterday in our office and, you know, you, you have two unless you have three or more in the top 15, in which case you can have up to four if they're all in the top 15. We just had a sneaky thought about, you know, wouldn't it be unbelievable if we could get three? three? I know that's – why not aim high though? Because mm-hmm. she's really – I think she's started to turn the corner. And more, I think she was, again, was the first out to douse Hannah with the uh, with the obligatory liquid yep. um, there in Portland. So I think she can see Hannah doing this. And I reckon that will really spur her on in the background. Uh, great friend of the pod, Christina Lance, who joined us on last week's yeah. show, uh, has been good enough to – Hunt down Hannah Green for us. Can't thank her enough yep. um, on short notice and with a billion things going on and I think operating single-handedly. Um, Christina is good enough to track Hannah down and Hannah's obviously, they're both great friends of our podcast and, uh, and uh, it, was, it was great to hear what Hannah had to say to Christina. All right. Good day, Hazy. I'm really glad to again be chatting with you guys. Second time this week. And this time I've got a special guest for you, Hannah Green, now a two-time LPGA Tour winner after winning the Cambia Portland Classic. Hannah, you had a putt on 18 to win exactly like you had at KPMG. What was going through your mind as you stood over the putt here? Um, Obviously, I was actually really confident with the putt. Um, it wasn't um, too much break, and it was a little bit downhill. But um, like you said, I've had a similar um, situation happen uh, before, so I kind of just remembered that experience and just remembered all the uh, other putts that I'd hold this week and been really confident over. And um, yeah, once I hit it, I was, I was still just as nervous. Um, but once I hit it and saw it rolling and over, and I kind of knew it was going to go in. So uh, I don't normally uh, fist pump, but um, I guess back to back. 17, 18 I did um, just because I knew it was obviously huge um, and yeah a lot of different reaction to KPMG a bit more happy than I was emotional so um, yeah it was really cool You started off really great really hot through 36 holes and then your third round was a difficulty for you shot one over uh, two birdies and three bogeys if I remember correctly how is important is it to you to know that you bounced back from a bad round with a great round shooting a 67 today you know you've got it in you yeah definitely um it just shows that um i i'm in there for the long run and um you know i don't let usually the uh, previous day or round uh, whether it's good or bad affect me too much the next day and um, i think playing with Ye Limi today um having being really chatty with her her caddy and even my caddy really helped me um just to make sure that i wasn't you know, getting too quick and making the wrong decisions because it was getting really tough out there um, with club choices and, you know, where to land the ball because the greens were getting so firm. So, um, yeah, no, it was um, it was really cool. <laughs> you mentioned Yalimi. You were playing with Yalimi No, who, for uh, you guys who might not know her back in Australia, young 18-year-old American player, non-member, trying so hard to get her card. Had to be a heartbreaking moment for her, but I know you said you had some kind words for her. If you could tell us um, what you said to her and, and your thoughts on her game this week oh I mean I was really impressed um she's yeah 18 years old and um obviously she had a really good result earlier in the year at Thornbury and uh, that's probably when I guess noticed her more because I didn't play amateur golf when she was um getting up there so yeah played with her today for the first time and was really impressed um with her composure she really didn't get too down on herself um when she didn't capitalize on putts or you know made a bogey and um I said to her you know I mean it's hard you know if it was in my position uh, if I was the winner um to say that but but um, I just said, 
it's not going to be the first time um, that she's going to be in this position and in contention. Um, she obviously already has been in contention more than one time, so um, she just needs to stay patient. And uh, she'll be, I said she'll be out on tour <laughs> next year easily. <laughs> I have no doubt she's going to be out here. Now, Hazy, all you back there, when you see pictures of this trophy, you're going to think, what does Hannah have with big trophies? The KPMG trophy is huge. The Cambia trophy is huge. Hannah, do you have room for all these giant trophies? Um, I have no idea. Um, I'm obviously going to have to make some room, but um, yeah, you're not wrong taking those photos afterwards. Um, it was hard to hold it up and, um, you know, smile with it. I was kind of hoping that it didn't look too difficult in the photos towards the end there, but um, obviously it's a, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> so we're coming up on a three-week off stretch for the LPGA Tour with the Solheim Cup in there. Uh, what are your plans? I know you said you're on a, a plane home, he- heading home tomorrow. Yeah, um, so I'm probably just going to be relaxing the whole entire time. Um, I mean, obviously, I did have some time off uh, six weeks ago, but I feel like I probably need to, you know, one, enjoy this win, and then two, take some time off. Um, I think coming back as a major champ and, um, you know, showing, making sure that I was having good results really took a toll on me. And um, I think for at least the first week, I'll definitely not be touching a club um, and then seeing my coaches back in the second week. So just want to make sure. I think the weather's actually getting a lot better back in Perth now, so I'm really excited to go back. Well, real quick before we sign off, what message do you have for the fans back in Australia who supported you when you won your breakthrough championship and now that you're a two-time winner on the LPGA Tour? Yeah, um, I guess I have to thank them all for believing in me and um, sticking with me this whole entire time, Um, not thinking that the major champ was just a one-off event. And um, yeah, hopefully I can be in this position more and have them all rooting for me again. I have no doubt we'll see you. Thank you so much. Enjoy your time at home. Uh, That's all from here in Portland, Oregon, guys. Sending it back. Thanks so much. That's so good of yeah, them both to do brilliant. that. And, and for Hannah to – you can hear the, the growth in her mindset and what she wants to achieve. And she s- still talks about, you know, not having the, the driving game to where she wants to get it to. But her ability to think her way through crucial moments is, I think, becoming really evident, as, as Ali said a minute ago. She's one of the most eloquent players, I think, in women's golf as well. She's a, she's a brilliant interview. The way yeah. that she spoke after her win to Jerry Foltz um, on the TV, yeah. she's just got it, she's got it together. She, she really and, has. And I think that that maturity is shining through at just such a young age. And up to 20 in the world rankings, Andy, to Frank, what we were saying before, mm. and mm. also number 12, I think, on the CME race to the globe. So one of those is a bit more big picture, but this one, the 12, reflects how she's going this year amongst all her LPGA peers. So uh, it's awesome. It's really, truly awesome. I, I couldn't be more excited for a, a good golfer, be a really awesome person. Uh, no, she's becoming one of the stories of Australian sport, yep. let alone Australian golf. I mean, and let's not even split that down the middle of men's or women's golf. She's just becoming one of the stories of Australian sport at the moment, Hannah Green. So um, watch, watch this. You, you were right. I think, what are we up to? Episode 118. I think you mentioned Hannah Green in the first 74 episodes of Inside the Ropes. Yes, we did. So you were on the Hannah Green bandwagon very early, Hazy. Uh, not a week went by out without her name being mentioned in some way, shape or form. Um, and it's starting to well and truly She'd be show our most uh, regularly occurring guest, I think. And it says mm. a lot about her mm. as yeah. much as anything else. Absolutely. I should, I should mention, actually, one of the coolest things I saw overnight was... A picture. So her partner is a uh, longtime partner is Jared Felton, yeah. who also plays on tour. Who coincidentally also had a, a top ten um, on the Asian tour in Indonesia this week, which is great. So power couple of Australian golf. There we go. <laughs> um, but 
but he was FaceTiming his friend who was showing him the TV so he could watch the finish because he had no access to it. Nice. So he had to go through another screen to get to the screen so he could watch her finish, which there, I just thought was pretty touching. There's a lovely, there's a couple of little family, family, boyfriend, girlfriend. There's a couple of little lovely stories here. And there's a lot of things that get said about social media and rightfully so about the negativity of it. But through social media, we're seeing some lovely byplay between a couple of brother and sister combos in Australian golf at the moment, Mm -hmm. but also the joy that that Jared gets for seeing his partner shine Mm. is lovely. And we get to see that via the social media forums. And it's a, it's a, it's a good, that's one of the really lovely aspects of um, how this medium can actually work for good, Hazy, as opposed to evil. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Andy, when it's, it's pretty powerful when mm. it goes like, as Ali just said, and just wrapping up that tournament, as you said, Suo 15th, Robin Choi starting to find her feet a little bit, tied for 63rd, uh, and Sarah Kemp tied for 67th. Uh, Europe, Omega, uh, what are we, the Omega Championship, the European Omega Masters, Masters yeah, yeah. of course, uh, at, go on, Cron, sir. Did you see, uh, before we start sort of French pronunciation, did yep. you see Rory McIlroy's Omega watch? No. It was something like a $50,000 watch. The one that he wore? Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't see it, but well, I saw him wearing 55 a grams. It was, it was basically $1,000 per gram. Is that Bling. why he lost a couple to the right? Because it was just the out of balance? <laughs> like, you know? Maybe 55 grams out. Yeah. Uh, Cron Montagna. Oh. Yes, lovely. Perfect. How about that, Ellie? That was pretty good. You have that a go, please, because you know this. You like no, no, no. That I was, want, that can you pretty, please? What about, what about the golf club? What, the Cron Sur Sierre? Is it? That's how you do it. I don't even know if that's right. It's 100%. So effortless. Yeah, yeah, that took a lot of effort. (laughs) (laughs) The eyebrows went up. So let's just (laughs) say one thing. Clinging onto the desk over here, Andy, and nerves. There's uh, some of us, it's funny because you're watching this and you're going, oh, the reviews are breathtaking and, you know, the views are amazing (laughs) and the views are wonderful. And then you look at a couple of old curmudgeons like Huggin and Clayton on Twitter while you're watching them. And all they're doing is absolutely potting the golf course. Uh, it'd be a good event if it was played on a half-decent golf course. And just, boys, just come on. Like, just yeah. enjoy the views every now and again. I know it doesn't – it looks like a bit of a public course, let's be honest. And they had some trouble with the greens. They almost lost a couple of the greens with the heat and the that sunshine. wasn't – the new holes weren't even open until April. No, they're, so. a, bit, they're a bit loose. So they're clearly not – you know, they're not, not probably, you know – you, you can tell optimum. by the field that assembles there every year mm. and the conversation that goes on. And perhaps it's, uh, yeah, maybe it's a bit to do with cash and a little bit to do with timing of the uh, inactive USPGA tour. But you can tell it's a really good event. I, I think that it sounds like they want to go there. And there's so many things going on at Cron Montagna that mm. it just it, it encourages, you know, good, good things to come. It's sort of. Vic Open esque in a way. Yeah. I mean, the, the players want to play there. Like yeah. they, they actively want to go to to the place, which is quite rare um, yeah. in the schedule when you kind yeah. of look at, you know, obviously, you know, they've got tournaments in Madrid and some, you know, London, some incredible um, cities, but that's always one where they go, all right, we're going to, like, how many players did you see walk up the glacier this week yeah. on social media and <laughs> that kind of thing? Like they go out, they explore, and it's a very effortless place to do so, and that's pretty rare um, in, in golf in general, I think. So I think that adds to it. But we should, you know, you talk about the golf course, but, You've got to talk about the investment in golf sometimes, and Omega have made a, a ton of that. It's kind of similar to Evian in the same realms for the women's game. Are the golf courses the best in the realm? Probably not. Yeah. But the big picture is always there with those events, and I think mm. it should be applauded. This is an iconic golf tournament now. It is. Irrespective of the fact that it's 
not played on one of the great golf courses. This is this is a really special event. I love the seventh hole. I could sit oh, and watch that all day. Yep. I, just the view from it, the way it's played, the, the different scores. It's the classic short par four, and then being on the rooftop of the world doesn't hurt it either. I just want the person who owns that chalet just to the back right of the green. <laughs> just put a couple of deck chairs on the roof one day. Yeah. Like just have a little viewing platform on your roof. You could just sit there, swing around, look down the valley, and then swing your head around when the balls are coming into that green. You could have the greatest hour here, go inside, hour there, just have a wonder. You could have the greatest time of your life sitting on the roof of that place. What was your man, Tony Johnson? Was he talking about Sophia Loren? Sort of yeah. <laughs> That's what you hear, though, every year, though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's the the what is it the holiday place for the rich and the famous. Dennis yeah. Quaid was out there. Adam um, Scott had a place there, yeah. didn't he? Justin yeah. Timberlake was out playing the prime. So yeah, there's a yeah, there's a quite a few, quite a few people that sneak um, away there. We should talk about maybe some of the Aussie results. We should, way. and there's two <laughs> noteworthy ones. I mean, what? And they're sort of really different um, ways they got to the same place. I mean, poor old no, not poor old Wayne Orsi. It's a great result. Mm-hmm. But for a long time in the last round, it looked like he'd just about seen everybody. They kept coming, and then yeah. they, and then he'd hold his, and then he'd make it. It looked like he'd just about done enough, and then doubled fifteen, and unfortunately the tide sort of just marginally overtook him. So he, he'll, was, he'll kick it himself. It was sort of building up behind him. He did look to have it at yeah. bay. Birdie the fourteenth, but then came the fifteenth, and a disaster there. The seven. Um, and then the flood of people went past. It was incredible in, in, in a heartbeat, really. And uh, congrats to Sebastian Soderberg uh, of Sweden, who's uh, a series of Swedish winners in that tournament. Mm. Disproportionate. But well done to him. Uh, won a five-way playoff, including McElroy. So that was great. But as you said, Andy, uh, Lucas Her- uh, Wade Ormsby and, of course, Lucas Herbert. Yeah. Um, it was a, one of his, well, clearly his best result for the year, Ali, in in sharing eighth alongside Ormsby. Yeah, 64, final round. Um, I made the very stupid mistake of making a bit of a bet with him <laughs> that morning. Um, so I've been I've been kind of along the journey with Lucas and it's, uh, this year, and it's been a pretty brutal one. He yeah. talked about it in his, um, his interview after mm. the round, and he always speaks so honestly, mm. and I, I just applaud him for that. Sometimes it's a little bit polarizing, but for the most part, he just tells you what he's thinking. And he, he talked about his, kind of the struggles that he's had um, – and I wouldn't be bringing this up had he not already spoken about it. But um, just being happy on tour, trying to get the the formula right on how how you can be okay with being away from home when your golf is kind of a bit of a grind. And he brought it up and I just applaud him for that. And one of the things that frustrated me was I had this message saying, how can you ever, how can you ever be upset when you've got the best job in the world? And I was fuming because I'm like, here's a guy that's actually talking about how he feels in a very public setting saying everything hasn't been right for me and I've been struggling this year and they're telling him that they didn't have the right to say that. And I just think that's really unhealthy. I just, uh, honestly, I think we should get on board with uh, our tour players. If you, if you like someone's game, text them in the week where they're not playing well. Mm. And that's, that's where you really get involved in their journey. I just think that that's a message that we should probably, you know, I, I mean, this is like a public service announcement. No, it's a good point. I think you make true. a really good point. Absolutely. You do. It's very true, Ellie. It's absolutely true. C- clearly, I mean, he didn't. He offered that up. He wasn't, you know, prompted by a um, hard-hitting interviewer at the end of that <laughs> round. No offense, but you know, he, it left me wanting to know more. To be honest, yeah. Um, which is through no fault of theirs, it was not going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's it's clearly been a tough trot. Tell us more about this bet, though. Oh yeah, well, I I every now and then I usually don't make bets with with players, or I kind of incentivize them. I usually don't use a score. 
um, you know, you say if, yeah, you yeah, hit, yeah. if you hit 16 greens in regulation, so it's more of a process kind of thing because I think thinking of a number is sometimes a little bit damaging for a player. Um, but Lucas is Lucas, and he's <laughs> one of those guys where I thought if I give him an incentive, he was kind of down the pack a little bit in the final round and, and had an opportunity to, to kind of really launch himself up with a, with a good round because it was so condensed um, and it wasn't that low scoring in the final round. So uh, I told him that I would make him a three-course dinner with matched wines if he <laughs> shot six under par or better. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, eagle yeah. birdie birdie yeah. in the closing if, field. Yeah, yeah if you, so if you need me, I'll be looking in the recipe books for the next little <laughs> while. But anyway, no, it's all in good fun and uh, and a and a great score from him. And enough to keep his card for the next year. Yeah, important. So with, yeah, because yep. I think if he can, in, in a big long-term picture, if he can wipe off this year, um, you know, it'll be a good thing. And he's he's now booked himself a place to play next year. Well, he'll learn more lessons going through a tough year. On his second year on the European Tour, he'll learn more lessons going through the tough times in the second year than he will cruising through the first year the way he did. Yeah, well, uh, Minwoo you know. Lee's going to be in the same boat next year. You know, he's had an incredible kind of debut as a, as a professional, he's locked down his European tour card. And then next year, that's when the business starts sometimes. Yeah. And so going, when you start so so incredibly well in your career, the second year is sometimes the hardest. So I think we all just need to get on board with that mm. that journey as well. Yeah. He, he is one of the blokes who missed the cut. And I think look, missing cut shooting 71-71 is also a good indicator of what he needs to do because, you know, it's a brutal, it's, it's brutal out there. Mm. So... Just wrapping that up, Andy, Sam Brazel uh, finished tied 58th. Nick Cullen finished tied 63rd. And Dean Lawson got another check, tied 69th for five Aussies to make the cut. Good. Nick, Nick Cullen, the new dad. Yeah, is he? Yeah, baby baby girl called Adelaide. Oh, I there believe. you go. Yeah, I caught up with him. Uh, where were we? In Prague. And he was just absolutely beaming. Wow. So congratulations Congrats. to them. Parochial. Mm. <laughs> nice. It's better like if, that, if she was born here and called Atlanta, that's a far better result. <laughs> Where's the worst place she could have been born from a name perspective? Let's play that game in, during the ad break, shall we? Well, we don't want to do it on air, do we? Hey? <laughs> Better not. No, we could upset people who live in certain parts of the world. We don't want to be doing that. Uh, let's get a break out of the way. Solheim Cup on our agenda. We're going to catch up with the teams on the other side of the break. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is, uh, as we said right off the top, one of the busiest shows that we've had uh, ever tried to plan here on Inside the Ropes. And it's that way because we're lucky to have access to so many players around the world at the moment, Australian and international. And we're very much out looking forward to the Solheim Cup. And we've got a representative from each of the teams joining we us. We do. And we're lucky to do so. And uh, and I'm, well, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Arthahara Munoz to the show. A four, well, she will be a four-time uh, Solheim Cup member. Artha. Where do we find you at the moment? Uh, hi, guys. I'm in Palm Beach Gardens right now. <laughs> All right. So you're in Florida. Are you bearing down? Oh, a, yeah. I think there's a hurricane coming your way, isn't there? 
It is. It's meant to hit over tonight until tomorrow, so I'm really hoping it starts heading north because it's not looking too good at the moment. No, that's that's not looking good at all. I tell it before we no. get, before we get stuck into the Gulf. Um, I imagine the whole of Spain is uh, riding the coattails to some degree of Rafael Nadal. It's a Tuesday afternoon our time here in Australia that we speak to to you. How's he going? Sorry, I couldn't hear anything oh, you said. How's Rafa? I imagine Spain is Spain is oh, following Rafa. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, for sure. It's a bit late, a bit late in Spain, but he's about to win his match, so I'm sure everybody's super excited at home. Oh, good. Now good. I have to ask, Arthur, who your your best friends with Carlotta Segunda, who's also on the team? Who is the bigger Nadal fan out of the two of you? Oof, that's a hard one. Um, I think it's a tie. We're both pretty big fans. I think if you ask. <laughs> Either of us who is our favorite athlete will both say Nadal, so I'll, I'll say a tie. Okay, fair, fair play. Now, next week, uh, the Solheim Cup kicks off at Glen Eagles in Scotland. Um, pretty solid European team shaping up. Three rookies on the team, and Anne Van Dam, Celine Boutier, and, uh, and Bronte Law as well. And we've heard that everyone's starting to think that maybe Europe has, uh, has the upper hand next week, Arthur. What do you think about that? Um, I think we're always going to be the underdogs, or we've always been the underdogs, and I think we also are this year. But to be perfectly honest, I like our chances the best in that I've ever ever since I've been on a team. Uh, I think we have a really solid team, and our three rookies are amazing. They they all they are all winners, you know. Am Van Dam hits it a mile, which is going to be great at that golf course, and Bronte and Celine are so good and feisty and really good in match play. So. I don't know. I'm I'm really liking it. Uh, we get along great. We've we've had a really good when we went to um, um, Scotland a month ago. We had a really good practice session, and uh, you know the com- camaraderie is amazing. And I think it's going to be a really good week, and I'm I'm excited. As a, how important is that team chemistry? How much time do you spend making sure that you get that right? Um, you know that's a that's a good question. I. I don't think you can try. I think, you know, you either like someone or you don't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a believer that you force things, they just don't work. Yeah. But, um, you know, as Europeans, we grew up playing team events together. Uh, you know, you always travel with the federation. So you, you're used to being in a team. So I think we, we just, uh, I don't know, we just really like it. So as soon as we get into that team, team room, you, you just don't have to try. You just just are a teammate you know and you are there for each other and I think we're very relaxed and we just have fun I mean when we were there for a couple of days and we we just laugh a lot and and it was just really fun so I think that's why we do really good in team events. As uh, last week we spoke to Christina Lance from the LPGA Tour and she sort of downplayed any link to the Ryder Cup but I'd like to think that the European girls want to go out there and kick some American butt just as much as the boys do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there is nothing more than we want to do than bring that cup back, you know. Um, the last two times we, we didn't do it. And, uh, you know, it, it's such an amazing event. It's so good when you win and it's so not good when you don't. So um, I'm just, you know, I, I know the, the 12 of us and the captains and vice captains, we're all, all going to do our best to uh, to make sure we, we bring that cup back. Yeah, well, you've got a new captain this year in uh, in Katrina Matthew. What's uh, what's her influence on the team been like already? I think I think she's going to be great. You know, it's such a stress, stressful week, and it's a very stressful week for captains. Uh, you know, our days are really long, but their days are really long. 
and uh, you know they have to make so many decisions and and it's a lot of pressure but I think she has such a good personality because she's so laid back and she's so funny in a quiet way so uh, you know she's, she's been great we have a group chat going on and and it's been really funny, actually. Like, I read the messages, and I just laugh out loud. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great that she's from Scotland. So I feel like we're going to get some extra support. And, uh, you know, uh, Katrina was my first ever Solheim Cup partner. So I'm super excited to play under her. And, um, you know, she deserves to get the cup. So uh, I think we all feel the same way, and we all really like her. Your English is better than mine, Azza, but uh, you, you still might need her to translate at Glen Eagles for you. That's some pretty rugged language going on around there. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be fine. You just have to hear go Europe. I got that. That'll do, yeah. A serious yeah. one. Like, there's a, you know, there was a bit of talk made about Suzanne Patterson um, coming into the team. I am assuming that you guys are all great mates. I'm, and what, are the, what was the thought uh, around her being an, you know, named to the team? So to be perfectly honest, I I never thought she was going to be in the team at all. But then Katrina has been very open uh, from the beginning. So when, obviously, that's why Suzanne started playing a few more events. Uh, because I never had her in my radar when I was thinking of who could be the pick. But then as soon as Katrina brought her, like she mentioned that she could be a pick, I was like, oh, absolutely, uh you know, she, she has such a good Sohan Cup record. She's so feisty. She's really good for the team. She's funny, uh, you know, and match play is just so different. So, you know, even though she hasn't played much the last two years, uh, you know, she's been practicing hard and she'll be ready. So, I mean, I, I think it's a great pick. You've mentioned the word feisty a couple of times with a couple of players. We all know the world rankings. Yeah. We all know the world rankings. Who's the who's leading the feisty rankings in the European team? Because you've you obviously ranked that trait. Ooh, I think it's I think it's a tie between uh, Bronte and Suzanne. <laughs> that is a pairing that I would I would not want to go up against Bronte and oh, Suzanne. Oh, me neither. <laughs> yeah, those two, those two are gonna be are gonna be ready to go. It, it sounds listening to you. It sounds like this is uh, an event that you love. It, it clearly feels like it's really close to your heart. H- how much do you love? Yeah. It's such an individual game that you play as. How much do you love getting together as a team for an event like this? I I love it. Um, you know, that's something about playing professional golf that I really miss. Uh, as I said before, in Europe, you grew up you grow up playing with uh, in the Spanish team or the French team, whatever it is, and you play always the European team championships and you always travel as a team. And then I went to college and the same thing. So when you turn pro and you do everything on your own, um, it's not that I feel lonely, but I, I just I just thrive when, when I have teammates and, you know, I, I don't get down on myself. And, and I, not that I'm a cheerleader, but I, I just really like it. You know, I like supporting everybody and cheering everybody on and, you know, when you get to the first D and it's just something about this week that is so amazing, you know, when everybody's cheering for you or against you and it's just so fun. Everybody's singing songs and I still remember when I when I walked on that first D, my first saw him ever in Ireland and it, it's just like nothing else. It's just so amazing. So um, I just can't wait. What have you it's What crying. have you been trying to do to to prep the rookies? How do you prep the rookies for that first tee experience? Because it's I've been there, you know, myself. I actually sneak out in my commentary breaks to go and stand there because it is so 
electric out there and and the TV doesn't do it yeah. justice. You know, what are you what are you saying to Celine and Anne and and Bronte to try and prep them for for those kind of nerves? So so far, uh we haven't talked much. We we'll get to talk to them more when when the week comes, but to be honest, I don't think we're going to have to talk much to them because Bronte is as I said, she's feisty and she's so ready to go and Anne Van Damme is a little bit that way as well. And then Celine is actually totally the opposite. She's so calm and so quiet. So I I think there's the three of them, well, the two of them compared to Celine are so different, but I, I'm not worried about them at all. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be ready. They will be ready. Well it's it's a big call from you saying it's the best team that you've uh, you think you've played on given that you walked away with the trophy in twenty eleven and twenty thirteen. We wish you all the best of luck um, for next week. We'll be watching from Australia, Atahara Munoz. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much, guys. Well, it's only fair, I would have thought, that if we've spoken to the Europeans, that we better catch up with the Americans. We don't want to be accused of partiality yeah. here at any stretch of the imagination, Ali. <laughs> no, and it, and it seems only yeah, right. Here. Yeah. Hey, hey, like, on the European tour, you get one. We get two. <laughs> so they're just, this is the American way, isn't it? There Jump is. in before they're even introduced. Yeah, we get you more than what you asked for. <laughs> That's right. it. The Americans do it bigger and better. We, we thought we were booking in with Angel Yin. We've got Lizette Salas on the phone uh, there. They're in the car together, I believe, uh, on the way to a state fair, perhaps, ladies. Is that right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes. LA County Fair. LA County Fair. Is this a little bit of team bonding, maybe? Possibly. Yeah. It's an annual thing we do. Yeah. So, so what happens? What do you two expect to have happened to you at the LA County Fair? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, we're just going to, I don't know. What do we do? What do you Go do? on those dangerous rides right. that look like this. Maybe get and some. always some junk food. Some food. Yeah, yeah. Is this, so, Lizette, you got to give us the, the real down low here. I feel like Julie Inkster heard that Angel was going to the state fair on her own and she went, no, 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 she needs a chaperone. <laughs> um, I'm the designated chaperone. So. Well, I don't know. My inner child comes out at this at this place. So we're just going to try to stay out of trouble and enjoy each other's company and have some fun before we uh, – we get to work out there in Scotland. Yeah, well, Lizette, you'll be playing your, your fourth edition of the Solheim Cup. And you're actually, I mean, that was no one in the automatic selections for the US team had, had played more than you. And then Julie Inkster ended up chucking on uh, Morgan Pressel and Stacey Lewis. You're kind of turning into a little bit of a, of a veteran on, on the team. And I know you're getting a lot of questions about kind of captaining teams in the future and stuff. Do, you know, do you feel like you're kind of growing into that leadership role a little more now? I guess. I mean, everything's kind of hitting me. Um, first I turned 30. Now people are calling me a veteran. And <laughs> and so I'm just kind of taking it as it goes. And, um, you know, I'm not really an out, you know, outspoken kind of player. I just kind of do my own thing and, and keep to myself. But I think in this type of environment, I do need to, you know, um, step up whenever I'm needed and I told Julia a couple of months ago I said whatever you need me to do as a as a teammate as a, as a player I'll I'll do it um so yeah I'm just kind of taking it taking that role as it goes and whenever I'm needed I'll I'll step it up no offense to Angel there Lizette but outside perhaps Jin Young Co you might be the player in the most red hot form of all mm. players at the Solheim Cup are you, are you are you feeling that it's career best form for yourself um, yeah, um, 
you know, obviously I've been, I've been playing pretty solid the last couple of weeks. Um, so just kind of, I'm just hoping to keep that momentum going and, and be a, be a great teammate and, um, you know, to get as many points for, for the U S as possible. Um, but again, we have so many players on, on our squad that are playing super solid. And, um, you know, I think we, we have no doubt that we're going to perform at our best and, and bring home, bring home the cup again. Yeah, Angel, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, your experience. You were a rookie last year. This year you've got five rookies on the team uh, for the USA, which I, I think has got to be almost the most in recent history. Um, I'm not sure exactly of the numbers. You know, what are you going to be giving them any advice? I mean, you're only a youngster yourself. But oh, no. what... <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> I'm a veteran now, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still the youngest, I believe, on the, on the team, so... I don't know if they can. They want to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> I just kind of, I just be there. <laughs> so Angel, you you two, it's good yeah. that you two are in the car together and going to the LA County Fair together because you played. Uh, was it the four balls or the foursomes? I can't remember. You played four foursomes. Four. You'll tell me. You played two matches together. Four, four ball. Four ball back in Des Moines. And you, you had a crunching win in one of the matches and uh, a loss in the other. When it worked. Last time round for you two. Why did the partnership work so well together? So you want to go first, Lizette? <laughs> you you go first, uh, Angel, and, and then and then Lizette can oh. give give us a pricey of your answer. Uh, why does it work so well? Yeah, I'd say yeah. It's because our personalities just balance out, and our games really just complement each other. Because I can hit it very far, then I can go for it, and then leaves the op. You know, she she's able to hit it straight and safe. And um, very consistent, so it gives me the opportunity to go for it. When the chance is there, I'm able to grab it. And, um, you know, she puts well. And I think because our game is just uh, quite opposite, as, as, but similar in some parts, um, both consistently good. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good – Lizette, but, uh, I feel yeah. like that's a pretty good answer, Lizette. No, I, I completely agree with her. And um, – you know, in, in four ball, I, I assumed that I was going to tee off first every hole, but she kind of took the bull by the horn and said, no, I'm going to go head first. And I said, all right, whatever you want to do. And so she would just bomb it off the tee, and I would just kind of like ping pong my way down the fairway and make a couple putts. And <laughs> um, I think I think just knowing our friendship and, and her being comfortable, I think that's what really allowed her to play her best. And – you know, I I got in the zone and we were able to to win together six and five and and put up a point. So, who knows? Maybe we'll be teammates. We'll be partners again this year. I asked this question of Azra a few minutes ago from the opposite direction. Uh, your, your your boys copped a caning in the Ryder Cup in Paris. Uh, is there any sort of revenge on the cards here from you guys' perspective? Um. I didn't understand that question. <laughs> no. that question. It was kind of. They don't really care about the Ryder Cup. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so. It's always in the back of our heads, but to be completely honest, like when we get there, we're just focusing on, on ourselves and and the history we're trying to make, and um, you know, our motto is. Um, what is our motto? This is. <laughs> just, we're just talking about our motto. <laughs> oh, it says do it for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that. Sorry. It's do it for us. I and... was like, this is for us. No. Is that the motto for the <laughs> county for fa- county fair or the Solheim Cup? Yeah. Um, 
What? <laughs> the motto is for the Solheim Cup. Sorry. Oh, there's a different motto for the LA County Fair, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're looking. You're looking at trying to get the the third win in a row for uh, for Captain Julie Inkster. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about kind of the messages that she's filtered down throughout the team as well? Because uh, I, I think that would be it would be go down in history, wouldn't it? As three straight wins for uh, for one captain. Uh, yes, I think so. I think it'll be a record, and also it's a record for a captain to to be a captain three times in a row. Uh, but she's very relaxed with the environment. She's not pushy. She's just saying uh, perform because she knows how good we the whole entire team is. And we just need to go out and play our best game. And and when we do, everything will fall into place. Just going back to the pairings a little bit. No, I was just thinking about it when you were talking about it. I feel like Team Europe in four ball has historically kind of put a lot of big hitters out together. Is that... Is that kind of you know the in the in the the alternate camp is Team USA that kind of you know you look at someone like Christy Kerr going out with Lexi Thompson where one person's going to guarantee par and the other the other longer player can just kind of go for broke is that a little bit of a of a team strategy? Um, I mean, I think it kind of looks that way, but I I mean, I think Julie and the other captains are more so. You know, we take those personality tests and we're put into we're put into these pods based on that, and you know who who we're comfortable with the most. Um, and I feel like that's been um, resulting in obviously points and and good results. So I don't know, it just kind of looks that way. And obviously, um, me being with Angel last year that really helped. And um, I don't know, we have so many new faces and and new games. For, for Team USA, but um, but I think we'll we'll be uh, we'll be set to go regardless of who's paired with who. We ask. I think at the end of the day, I think also at the end of the day that everyone knows how to play golf. It's just that if you can be comfortable on the golf course with high intensity and pressure out there, that's what's most important. And that's I think that's been what we've been basing off our pairings with. We asked um, we asked Christina Lance last week if you guys were going to do the the personality test, kind of the pod system again have you have you guys already gone through that process uh yes we have and we have our pods already set up but that's pretty confidential <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> kind of kind yeah. of okay well can we you just our can you tell us ago. can you tell us if you guys have been split up or not in the pods or is that is that too oh, we confidential say. we can't say okay mm. We don't okay. want to give Team Europe any, any hints. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, ladies, thanks so much. We're so glad we got both of you uh, tonight. We got two for the price of one uh, in uh, Angel Yin and Lizette Salas. All the best for next week in, uh, in Glen Eagles. It's shaping up to be a, a pretty impressive contest. Yeah, thanks for having us, Ali. Thank you. Cheers, guys. That was great, ladies. Uh, thanks, thanks. That was awesome fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Have, Cheers, fun Have fun at the fair. Have fun at the fair, yep. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Bye. Bye. Lovely, <laughs> thanks. So, uh, unbelievable access. Well done to you, Ellie, for turning that up on yeah, yeah. Sh- on really short notice. And fantastic ambassadors, the three of them. Um, different ends of the age spectrum, the two Americans in the car. Uh, and to have um, Azarova, you know, to, to kick it off. That was, that was a fantastic insight into... What this event means to all, well, clearly through those three, all of the players who are part of it. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a testament to the players in the fact that we actually had a ton of 
options and people putting their hands up to be on the show tonight, even being after 10 p.m. in Florida time yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so always happy to kind of get the kind of access we do in women's golf. It's a, certainly a credit to the game. I just congrats, Sally, because it's, you know, can you can you imagine getting hold of half oh. the half the Ryder Cup teams like a week before they no, start? Or, no. You know, we've had access to major winners through um, through Ali and other contacts uh, in the women's game. I just, it's so refreshing. It's beautiful. It is. And it makes, you know what it does? Everybody who's listened to um, those chats today, I would imagine, can't wait to sit in front of the TV next week and watch how those three go. And every time you hear Hannah, you know, we already heard from Hannah on the show, every time you hear her speak, you just get more invested in her story. And um, they are wonderful ambassadors for their sport. And I can't wait to see this thing kick off next week. Um, We'll get a break out of the way. There's heaps more to come here on Inside the Ropes. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen Listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Uh, lovely to have you with us. Great hearing the girls um, talk about the Solheim Cup. Uh, that was great. Um, but So we're going to stay in the women's game, Hazy and L, and it's a slightly different um, reason that we say uh, we welcome our next guest to the show. Well, we're breaking new ground, Andy. We don't want to be pigeonholed as you know just a score service here, and we you know we're giving a, a rare opportunity today to, to actually break some news on the podcast, and we're being joined by Rebecca Artis to do just that. Welcome back. Hey guys, how are you? Going well. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. And but you bet. Let's go straight from the top. Why are you joining us, Beck? Yeah, like you said, it's a bit of uh, breaking news. I haven't, um, since I made the decision, I haven't said too much um, out there. So, yeah, just uh, life in retirement, I suppose you can put it. I decided um, earlier on in the year, I got up one morning and I just said to Jeff, I think I'm done. I just uh, just didn't want to didn't want to travel, um, and the the thought of uh, a bit of a quieter life uh, in one place um, it sounded too good, actually. So, I, uh, yeah, like I said, just decided to put the clubs down and uh, return to a bit of a, a normal life. Becky, is congratulations the right word to say here? Um, yeah, why not? Um, to find <laughs> one word, I suppose it's, <laughs> I suppose it's difficult. Um, but I feel like, you know, I've had a, a, a decent career, Um I what ten and a half years on tour. This is my eleventh season on tour. Uh, did eight or so years full time on the European tour, and the last uh, couple of years in the States, one full year on the LPGA. So uh, a couple of wins in there, Australian team. Um, so I feel like you know I've achieved a bit. So 
congratulations. Yep, if you want to, no, we can we can go there. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think congratulations is 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 in order. When you look back at you know at your career, you, your two wins on the ladies European tour, you took down two of the biggest players in in European golf as well. They weren't just hmm. they weren't just kind of piss easy events. You took down Suzanne Pedersen, <laughs> uh, you know Caroline Headwall to win uh, to win back in Sweden as well um, back in twenty thirteen. You know, have you have has retirement kind of encouraged you to kind of reflect a little bit, uh, looking back over what you've achieved? Um, to be honest, Whitaker, you know me. Um, I'm pretty low key and uh, don't talk. You know, don't boast about things too much. So I just kind of get on with it. But um, I suppose packing up the house on the Gold Coast. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to get the trophies out of the trophy cabinet and um, move them to a new adventure with us. So um, I suppose I did get a, you know, a minute or two to look back at it and think about it and look back on what we've achieved. And not only did I achieve it, I suppose, but I feel like Jeff and I achieved a lot together. So that's always an accomplishment. Oh, you have mellowed. That, that's an incredible public sort of uh, <laughs> reference to your husband stroke caddy. <laughs> Yeah, funny. Life hasn't changed for him, really. Hazy, <laughs> a, um, he spent the last, what, 10 and a half years, 11 years in the pub on tour, and we've moved to Narrabri to take on a pub down here. So um, at, least, at least he gets paid for it down here. Hey, but can I just, I just want to clarify why I, used, why I hesitated to use the word congratulations, because I feel like I would imagine there's a heaviness that um, comes with the realisation that you've arrived at. Is that... And I would think that's the case for any sports person who's committed so much of their life to, you know, being as good as they can possibly be. Is that is that the truth? Um, it's a difficult one, I suppose, because at the moment I, I'm probably filled a little bit still with excitement um, with what, you know, the new adventure we're taking on and, um, you know, moving to Narrabri, small country town, uh, a lot closer to home. Mum and Dad obviously still in Coonabarabra and uh, one of my brothers and nieces and nephews are there. I've got a brother here in Narrabri. So the excitement of all that and the move has probably hasn't allowed me to stop and, and realise, you know, what's ahead, I suppose, in a sense. Um, but ask me 12 months down the track and I'll probably, you know, look back on it all and I'll start to miss the game and um, miss the environment. But at this stage, the excitement of the new adventure um, probably hasn't allowed me to, to stop and, and think and realise actually what the future holds for me. Mm. Beck, tell us a little bit about about the new adventure. So if we're coming to Narrabri, where, where are we actually going to find you? Um, well, like I said, we'll be at the pub. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff has uh, taken on a licensee general manage, uh, manager role here at the Tourist Hotel. Um, it's a big pub in Narrabri. Um, as you know, Jeff come from the pub industry before I took him out on tour, so it's back in the uh, the game he knows best. Um, it's, it will be a... <laughs> it's a little, drive, be. a little drive by there, by the way. Just yeah. cop that one on the way past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it will be, it's an old rundown pub that they currently have completely gutted. Um, it'll be a brand new premise when it opens. So it's due to open um, the 1st of December. So at this stage, I'm, uh, I'm not doing much at all. 
Do we get I've a... sent Jeff to work. He's uh, he's doing some labouring with all the tradies and stuff, so um, which is a new environment for him, but he's enjoying it. Um, he's not much of a handyman, so hopefully he's learning something. <laughs> is he good at anything, this bloke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get do we get a special inside the ropes discount on a palmy or something there? Palmer, Palmer. You can come for a road trip out this way. Becky, you're a, he just said palmy. It's a palmer, yeah. right? I'm with Andy on this one. It's really? definitely oh, a I'd say palmy. Oh, oh no, I'd go come palmy. on. Is this a regional <laughs> thing? <laughs> What's going on oh, maybe it is. Regional, so, regional crew will stick together. So can, I, can I make a suggestion? You mentioned Coonabarra around before, and anybody who's been on a an internal road um, road trip sort of up north from down south has probably stopped at the Coonabarra Ram pub um, for a feed. And I'm right. I'm sure I'm right in saying that that's the bloke who used to own the Coonabarra Ram pub owned Tullock back in the day and it's full of a whole lot of Tullock memorabilia. That, that's right, isn't it, Beck? Oh, I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying that. I can't help you there. No, the old, the old <laughs> silks. Tullock was a great, yeah, great champion racehorse and I think the old saddles are there and a couple of the old whips and the old silks. It's fantastic. It's like a little living, yeah. breathing mu- museum of Tullock. So may I suggest as you're um, renovating the pub in Narrabri, uh, they can have Tullock, but you can have all of your um, trophies and memorabilia on display uh, at the new pub in Narrabri as a bit of a tourist well, attraction. Yeah, it's funny It's funny you say that. Um, you walk into the golf club, the local golf club here in Narrabri, and there's a couple of pictures of Annika and Tiger and all that type of stuff up in the, golf, in the clubhouse. And one of the ladies here uh, made the suggestion that uh, they put a couple of photos of local local kids from around the area, myself and Maddie Steiger and um, who was the other big name from out here? Uh, oh, Elkington. Elkington was well, from out here originally. Yeah, so yeah, Just a major change. Um, but I said, I said to them, oh, geez, I don't know if you can claim me yet. I've only been here for a couple of months, so <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. You are. We spoke earlier about how good a spokesperson Hannah Green is uh, for the for the – the world of golf, but specifically female golf. You are the same person in that respect. You, mm-hmm. You're very uh, eloquent and happy to speak on a range of matters. I know that living in country New South Wales is passionate and dear to your heart. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing. It's trouble, troubling times out there, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. It's, um, it's quite heartbreaking out this way, to be honest. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of travel since I've been here. Obviously, Jeff's family's in Tamworth, uh, my family's in Coonabarabra, and, and just here in Narrabri um, and all around this region, it's it's so dry. Um, it's just drought-stricken in every direction you look. And, you know, from a golf perspective, I suppose I always look that way um, just to see the small country golf clubs just really struggling um, and just the general economy of, of small country towns in a, in a time like this where there's just no rain, farmers are struggling, um, all that type of stuff. It just kind of filters right through uh, the communities. And, you know, I know for a fact, Coonabarabra and Golf Club, um, you know, they just they just struggle in these times. Um, so any help, I know that on social media recently, Canamble Golf Club um, put out a request for some help from Golf New South Wales and I think it's in times like this where Golf New South Wales could probably step up and help 
um, small country communities um, just in any way possible, um, you know, to keep small golf clubs alive really in times like this. Can you see yourself taking on some sort of role within that sort of area? Do you want to stay involved with the game in that respect, Beck, to, you know, be a, an advocate for someone maybe? Um, yeah, look, Hazy, I, at this stage I haven't, to be honest, I haven't thought too far ahead in, um, you know, what I'm going to do. I I wouldn't like to completely lose touch with the golf industry. Um, it's given me so much over the years that eventually I'd like to, you know, probably give back and um, stay involved in the game somehow. And if that means that I can stay involved in, you know, country New South Wales, um, well, then I'd be more than happy to do that. You know, even just to try and get a few more kids at um, junior golf on a Saturday morning, you know. Um, Jeff often talks about in Tamworth when he was a kid growing up where there was a waiting list to get into junior golf on a Saturday morning and mm. now you talk to the head pro there in Tamworth and they they can barely get 10 kids there on a Saturday morning. So if I could, you know, try and encourage kids in that aspect, um, boys and girls, to get into golf um, and if that means going to schools or, you know, having some clinics up here in Narrabri and inviting kids from all around the region to come, um, I'd be more than happy to give back in that way. Um, but like I said, I haven't thought too much about it at this stage, but I'm sure uh, in a couple of months' time when I settle down here in Narrabri and I get things organised and Jeff gets the pub open and stuff, I can actually sit down and have a little think about it and think about which direction I'd like to take. But I think um, probably getting kids involved um, in the game of golf would be probably at the top of the list. Andy, you, asked, you asked before about whether congratulations in order, and oh, I think they are for a stellar mm playing career from amateurs, juniors, right through to being a really elite pro. But that's why Rebecca Artis, right there, what she just said, mm. that's why she's a champion of the game. And I, I say that sincerely, Beck. We've loved having you involved with all aspects of it. And if we can do anything to sort of help keep you involved, we might even hear that voice in the commentary role one day, I reckon. Oh, maybe. I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I don't know how it go. But <laughs> <laughs> You do a great uh, job. One of the, and, and just on, on that, um, one of the things that, I've spoken to Jeff about and, you know, mum and dad and my brother and that, just brainstorming. I actually wouldn't mind putting, um, as you know, I'm good friends with Laura Davies and she comes out at the start of every year and comes and has a holiday with us and she usually is, you know, a stone throw from Burley Beach and living the life up there, but she's uh, she's going to head to Narrabri and come and see us when she gets to town. So, um, and on that note, I, I said to Jeff the other day, I think I might try and when she comes out here, try and put on, you know, just a big golf day just to, um, you know, if you've got someone like Laura in a small regional town like Narrabri, I think I should probably take advantage of it and um, just put on a golf day and invite, you know, men, women, kids, the lot just to come and have a good day out. And if that means that a, a young kid from out this area comes and plays in the golf day and ends up taking the game up, well, then that's a bonus. But I just think that when you've got someone like Laura, I'd take advantage of her, I suppose, and get her out there to Narrabri Golf Club and uh, get her to put a few clinics on and um, try and, you know, bring a little bit of uh, good spirit um, to a small town that's, like I said before, struggling um, in drought and stuff like that. So... 
that would be the, the plan early next year. Well, you let Hazy know when that happens and we will uh, start plugging it weeks and weeks and weeks in advance so we can um, let as many people know via this um, program, um, you know, that it's on and when it's on and um, how people can get, hopefully we'll get a thousand people into the town and we can get a bit of money into the joint and um, breathe a bit of life into the place for, for the time being. Um, yeah, absolutely. T- t- heartfelt, um, congratulations is completely the right word to use. Um, I'm, I'm glad that that's become obvious on the way through, Beck, um, brilliant career and it's there's a whole lot of stuff still in front of you. Thanks for being part of the show again. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me and as I said, I, I look forward to staying in touch with the game and I'll, um, I'm sure I'll cross paths with you guys sometime soon. Rebecca Artis joining us on Inside the Ropes. Yeah, awesome to have her on. Andy. That's great. Yeah, just phenomenal. And, and But the cavalcade of stars doesn't stop there. What else can you possibly squeeze into this show? <laughs> I don't know. This humble well, little program. This, this is uh, getting out of control today, but... We did have the opportunity yesterday. It was a teleconference uh, for Cameron Smith to mm-hmm. announce that he would be uh, going for the three-peat at the Australian PGA Championship, the RACV Royal Pines, on the Gold Coast in the middle of December, the week after the President's right. Cup. So we were thrilled to be able to speak to Cameron Smith. We've assembled a little bit of a highlights package here, Andy, of a nice. couple of different things. I'll, I'll introduce the two segments as we go. But the, I started by asking him, and the rest of the crew on the teleconference started by asking him whether he could replicate Dan Suter of, from 1905 to 1907 as the only consecutive three-time winner of the Australian PGA Championship. I think I think I need to prove myself a little bit more to get up to the level of those guys. But um, you know, to join them on a trophy, I mean, why not? I, that'd be pretty cool. That was one of my goals as soon as I turned pro. I wanted to be on the international team. And, you know, ever since the President's Cup has been going, it hasn't been going our way. And I'd love to, you know, try and make a difference in, you know, turning the ship around and get it going the other way. So, you know, it'll be a great week um, down in Melbourne. Um, You know, great fans, great golf course. Um, Hopefully Leash and I can um, team up a few times as well in the event. And... Yeah, I mean, it'll be great. Is, is that the plan, mate? Have you spoken Ernie about teaming up with Leash? Uh, we haven't really talked um, any tactics or or much yet. We've had a few kind of get-togethers, but it's kind of been just to uh, get together. You know what I mean? It hasn't been, hasn't been any um, chat about the golf course or teams or partners or anything. So, you know, the, the US team... Everyone there is, you know, we're all the best golfers in the world and we can adapt very quickly to golf courses or conditions. Um, you know, that's, that's our job to do that. I think what we, where we can get the advantage is off the crowd. If the crowd gets really behind us and lets them know that they're away, that could be a major turning point because it's, it's going to be... I mean, it's it's going to be very hard for Australian fans who don't get to see the biggest names in the world come down very often and play golf. Um, so it's very exciting for everyone that they're coming down. But I think we need we need the fans to to really really be on our side and just let them know. Yeah, I think it'll be the Aussie Open this year. I think it'll be great. Um, yeah, hopefully we get a lot of the internationals down there to play at the Aussie. It's a great golf course as well. It'll be great prep for the next week. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be a really good field and we can all challenge ourselves down there the week before to go on and try and do something great down in Melbourne. 
I, I do enjoy playing the uh, the Australian. It's always, I mean, it's always uh, seems like it's always blowing a gale down there, and it's like almost the same as the UK, except it's not freezing cold, which I love. <laughs> um, it it seems like it's blowing all the time, and it's uh, nice and warm. So um, I've always enjoyed, um, you know, playing shots into greens, um, you know, and and very challenging golf. Um, so that's why I like it down there. So a great summer uh, ahead for Cameron Smith. Um, you know, he's got some big goals for the three weeks in a row. Uh, he's got a reason to think that he could be successful in all three, uh, mm, very justifiably. So it's great to hear him speak positively about playing in Queensland, uh, Victoria and New South Wales. So that's fantastic. We then turned our attention to his uh, other activities, including him being the, I guess, what's the right word? Bestower? Is that such a word? That'll do. He's the person who bestows the Cameron Smith scholarship. <laughs> I think he's the bestower. Yeah. Yes, there you go. <laughs> we'll just make I one think up. that'll do. Yeah. Uh, so he's actually back in Florida. He's been in Brisbane for the last few weeks, but he's back in Florida uh, to prepare for the start of the upcoming PGA Tour season, but also to have the second hosting, I suppose, of the Cameron Smith scholarship winner. So this year, the two Queenslanders who are across joining him around Jacksonville at his house for an experience of the week is Elvis Smiley. And of the Gold Coast, the yep. Australian junior champion, and Tyler Duncan of Redcliffe, and we st- we asked him a little bit about what that meant to Cam. You know, last year obviously being the first year where a couple of kids come over was really cool. Um, we just kind of um, hung out, really played a few different golf courses. They kind of picked my brain a little bit on things that they wanted to, but a very chilled out week. Just um, I think the biggest message I wanted to get across to them is that. Um, you know, they've always got a mate over here and they can, you know, they can always talk to me. We're not, you know, we're, we're all, we're all the same people at the end of the day. We, we all have, um, we all need friends. So yeah, just, I know, uh, for myself, when I first come over here, it almost felt like I had no one to talk to or, um, no one to kind of lean on. But after, you know, after a very short period, the, the Aussie guys were all really good. So. I think that's the biggest thing. Hopefully, they can get out of it. That's that's what I think. That's what I think I like the most for myself is they kind of bring bring me back to uh, being a kid again. Um, you know, just saying all the the stupid shit that you used to say and um, just thinking the way that they're thinking. Sometimes it's it's a you know just just even out in the golf course. Sometimes it's a really good thing to for me to listen to what they're thinking because it's it's more natural i guess it's not it's not so fixed and you know what i mean so yeah, gotcha. it's good so fantastic to hear that i mean we we know that you know he's at the very different end of his career arc than Kari Webb is, but we know that, you know, Kari's been doing that for a while now with the girls. And we, we've now know, because that's been going on for a while, we have the capacity to speak to some of these girls and get a sense of what it means to them. We're going to start hearing similar stories, I reckon, out of the boys as to just how, um, how important and valuable that time spent is for them. Well, let's just remember as well, Cam's, Cam's 26. Mm, it's a baby. I, oh. Honestly, but he's just a guy that has, has always grasp the big picture and we're lucky to have a, a bloke like him. And, and honestly, he, you, you bump into him. Like I bumped into him, um, sounds stupid to say it, but at the, at the, um, at the open, you know, about a month and a half ago, he was out playing with Mark Leishman and just in a practice round and they, both boys come over, they say g'day, they make eye contact, they ask you how you are, they mm. engage and 
and it's one of the biggest weeks of their year and they've still got, the blinders are off to them. They're not, they're not only focused on themselves. They just kind of, they get it. And um, it's mm. so refreshing and, and hats off to Cam Smith for a legacy that he started. He, and, yeah. and, and he volunteered that just for the record. He approached Golf Australia about how to do that himself because he, he, the give back uh, platform that we've spoken about at length mm. and initiated with up and coming athletes really started around the Minji Lee era. And he's probably one little rung before that, but he loved it so much that he was the one who put his hand up to get involved with that. And you've got to love that. That's great. It makes you, but it makes you want to do it. The The Golf Australia program, I, I have to say, we're so lucky here to have the, you know, the backing of, uh, of the people that we do behind the, the rookie scholarship in particular, but as well as, you know, Golf Australia. Um, the players feel so lucky to have, access to the funds and the pressure-free starts to their career that so few golfers are afforded that it actually, you know, you start thinking, all right, once I've made enough money, how, how am I going to start throwing mm. it back in the pool? Yeah, it's why I paint it back, isn't it, really, which is great. Um, this has been – there's enough meat on the bone for this one. We don't have to do a show <laughs> for the next three weeks. But anything else before yeah, we finish off? Few. Um, yep. We Andy, I'll be the first to say that we give – you and I in particular – um, but me probably more than anyone. Well, I'm going to throw you under the bus with me as sure. well. <laughs> we cop a bit of a, uh, we give the USPJ tour a bit of a bake occasionally, mm-hmm. probably more than occasionally, to be honest. And we, we always read out good emails and, and things like that, but we've copped a bit of a spray. Sure. And Adam Suter sort of almost challenged me in a way to think that he wouldn't have his thing read out here, but he, he contacted us during the weeks and said, I love the show, but it's become too negative and too much USPJ tour bashing, especially from Hazy and Andy. You're not calling it out. Cheap shot after cheap shot. I bet this doesn't get read out. Too much tool bashing. Too much. Too much USPJ tool bashing. Okay. So, um, okay. Point taken, Adam. We appreciate it. We've read it out. Um, I will say that we still dedicate a lot of our show to the USPJ tour before we do any bashing whatsoever. Mm. But, I, you know, I don't. Um, I apologise if you think that's the way it goes. I definitely on the record there, but I don't apologise for sort of being an advocate for what I think is best for Australian golf. So, no, nor do I. No, no, no. And you, you have a far deeper understanding of that and the, the multi, the, the many layers to that than I do. But um, I just want the game to be fair and um, equally um, encouraged around the world. Absolutely. That's and, what I want. And I would like them just, as we continue to say, take a big picture look at the sport that's right. and that's, make do yeah. what's best. So, yeah. But, yeah, we but thanks, for the, thanks for the letter. I mean, that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We take all forms. We, we, we pat ourselves on the back enough, so we probably should give ourselves an yeah. uppercut once in a while. Yeah, so. <laughs> shot up, spot on. Uh, we, we've got a couple more, Andy. I know that uh, time's pressing, but of the results that we didn't mention, Karis Davidson, we did some research, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, top 50 get through on the LPJ, Japan LPJ Tour. She was starting to drift towards that figure. Uh, but she had a ninth at the uh, Notori Ladies Golf Tournament the weekend, and that's pretty much sewn her up for the year. So Great. congrats to Karis Davidson. We mentioned, Ali mentioned before, Jared Felton was one of two in the top 10 at the Indonesian Open alongside Daniel Fox, which is fantastic. Kevin Yuan, Corey Crawford, Maverick Antcliffe, Cade McBride, Bryden McPherson, all in the top 30. Uh, it hangs out on the China Tour. Maverick Antcliffe, a very disappointing tie for eighth. Come on, mate, lift. <laughs> yep. What are you doing? Uh, so some great results there. Brad Kennedy, the best of the men in the on the Japanese tour, a tie for 16th, all the reg, regular suspects there. But I just something a bit off off the pace, Andy, for me, yeah, before I shoot through. There was a letter that came to me from Christian Gillett. I hope that's pronounced correctly. It might be Gillot, I'm not sure. The general manager of the Newcastle Golf Club uh, this week, who on Sunday, the club hosted its inaugural dog day. 
And Clates has been on. on... Uh, this, I like where this is going already. Yeah. So if they followed the success. We talked about this at the time of the Royal Adelaide Golf Club uh, Dog Day a couple of months ago. And they put on a family day and it's been pretty wet up there. And they're a bit nervous about what might happen to the golf course. Uh, there were 35 people and 12 puppies uh, out in a beautiful spring day on Sunday in Newcastle, it was. And everything just went absolutely swimmingly. Perfect. Um, it was a great day. There were thousands of great photos. Some of the photos are really cute. I had a quick peek at them. Obviously not good for a podcast, but um, this is what they actually said there. Uh, while we were admit- Whilst we were admittedly a little nervous leading into the dog day and as the afternoon approached, the day ended up running – Horsomely, Andy. Golf and golf clubs are often golf and golf clubs are often associated with an endless number of rules and regulations, and we are trying to lead the way as a progressive club, attempting to break these barriers down. So I'm going to sit here and give a little golf clap to Newcastle Golf Club for being awesome. Just well, awesome. Thank you very much. Play the game. Yeah. Here, here, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. May there be more golf clubs who do it, even if they just allocate an hour or two once a week. It's on the timesheet. If you want to take your dog for a walk on the golf course, you know, 6 to 7 on a Sunday morning in summer or 4.30 to 6 on a Friday afternoon or whatever it is, dogs are welcome. You know, they're not going to do any damage to a golf course. No, if Royal Adelaide can do it, any club, oh, no club's on. got an excuse. But, I mean, golf's great for, for mental health sometimes, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how you're playing. But I chuck some dogs in as well, honestly. What could be better for, for, our, for our people that are sometimes stuck to their when screens? Are you, when are you leaving us? Uh, this Friday. God yeah. love you. Go yeah. and have a great time. Yeah, looking forward to it. Solheim yeah. Cup next week, one of my favourite weeks of the year, so mm. I'm buzzing. And, we'll you've be... made, and you've made it ours through your efforts today. Well done. You really have. Well done. Uh, as have you, always. Thank you. Thank you. And one last thing, Andy. Yes, go on. If you just want to flag it, maybe that the start of preparations for the longest, longest day. Do do it. Please, if you haven't done it before and you've heard us banging on about it, Go to your golf club, go to, just just Google the longest day. It'll take you to where you need to go. All the information will be there. It's in a multitude of forms now. Uh, and if you want to have a crack, go to your golf club, plant the seed now and say, I want to do this. Um, when's a good time? And they will help you. And you put the stuff on the bar now. Everyone will be chucking a 50 cents in there and a two bucks here. And before you know it, you've made your 500 bucks and every dollar um, is, you know, important in the um, the fight against cancer. It was so. Cancer Council Victoria, and now it's Australia-wide. So get in, get involved. Oh, in I didn't December. know that. It's, it officially has it. Well, all the club, all, well, it yep. was an originally just a Victorian mm. thing, but clubs right around the country are into it now. Great. Brilliant. So everyone have a go. You'll love yourself for doing it. Um, you may, well, you may not straight away, but when, <laughs> when, the, when the calves days. heal and yeah. you sort of walk again, then you'll be okay. Uh, that, this has been Inside the Ropes, episode number 118. Uh, it's been a beauty. Thanks for being part of it. We'll see you next week.